Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. We're back. Hey, I'm Guthrie We are back in the studio after a two-week hiatus. Like Coyote, except not as good of a sounding band. <laughs> no, it's Bad not. pun joke. Um, <laughs> I'm still Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycles, trains in transit, adventures in life hacks, and today, Stephen is delivering food. Uh, uh, uh. Add to the notes as I say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome, Stephen. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Hello. This is our friend, Stephen Butler. You've been on the show once before, correct? I've been on once a couple years ago and talked about commuting in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, yeah. Which I, which you no longer... I definitely don't live over there anymore. Yeah. So, would make delivering food much harder. And your commute, yes, much longer. It's already long enough. Delivering food, anyway. Yeah, already long enough. That would get you some miles, though. Miles for what? Like, can I use those miles for something? (laughs) Put them on your Um, bike miles card. Bragging rights on my Strava. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I do, I do track them on Strava, but I don't use it to brag. It's more, (laughs) more like, oh, how much weight could I lose after doing this? Or if there's ever a tax incentive for miles then boom oh you've got all your nice. data that's I don't true think there is oh well you could <laughs> pretend it was in a car call your congressman tell well we would never suggest you do that on the show but calling our congressman oh oh saying that you drove the miles that oh. you biked <laughs> <laughs> right oh wait yes because if you're a business and the miles that you drive I've you heard, can, you I've can heard write that, you, that off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've you heard you can do something. Your your gas mileage in that regard. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm regi- I don't have a registered car. You have to register a car with those companies. You do in order gotcha. to use the car, or else I would get. Like, what if What if you just register somebody else's car? <laughs> nice. Sounds like a great just idea. Say, like all these miles. Yep, that was on that that <laughs> car right there. <laughs> sure, there's people that do that. Just not me. <laughs> it reminds me of um, I think, I'm trying to, I think it was a bike Portland article from a couple of years ago that was talking about people who just bought like the cheapest possible vehicle they could because driving insurance also covers in some cases uh, certain liability with cycling as well. So if you like have life insurance and you get hit, that's one thing. But if you have driver's insurance, even if you get hit on your bike. If the car's insured, like there's some amount of cross coverage or something. Oh, like there that. is. I, you know, take it with a huge grain of salt because okay. this is very distant memory in my yeah, case. Yeah. But uh, it was like a story about somebody who went out and got like a three hundred dollar car on Craigslist that sat and collected moss so that they could pay, you know, forty bucks in insurance to have themselves insured while they cycled. Um, huh. And that could just be my brain piecing together various facts and tidbits over the couple last couple of years. But it reminds me of something up that alley. So. Maybe I should look that up after the show. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you were to own a car and that were to be a way you could be insured while cycling, not the worst way to go, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I definitely find myself having to do more maintenance on my bike now than I had in the past. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's much more frequent. 
just because of the amount of miles that I've been putting on. Has um, the things that you've had to maintain changed or is it the same things, but just more frequently? No, it's, yeah, it's my, my bottom bracket went out the other day. Oh no. Which is not, you know. To be clear, that's an old bottom bracket. We never switched over the bottom well, bracket I've... from your original frame. Really? Okay. Yes. I don't remember. I, I need to apologize to you. No, no, I kind of remember. I thought we switched that over. We didn't because okay. I didn't have the tools to do so. Because uh, your well, original a bottom time. bracket was an outboard. Okay. And then this is a square this taper. This is a square taper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it lasted a long time, but after starting doing this delivery job, uh, it was, you know, went pretty quickly, you know, a month yeah. and a half. Oh, wow. But who knows how old Gave it was. Ghost. Yeah. Was it the original bottom bracket with the bike? Who knows? Yeah. Well, with that frame, most likely. Okay. okay. But that frame... You want to tell you want to tell the story? story about the frame? Tell us. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I had bought a new frame from this bike shop in North Portland uh, a few years ago, and I had stayed over at a friend's house and I had put my bike in her car, um, and I needed to go to the Max Line the next morning. Got it out of her car and forgot to reset the brakes before oh. taking off. Like and re-engage oh. the brake cable. Yeah. Yeah. And I had my helmet on one one of the handlebars. <laughs> and um, anyway, I couldn't stop myself. And I was approaching a red light intersection. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go over the curb because I don't want to go through a red light. Oh, man. And uh, busted the frame. It's a steel frame bike, too. I hope you didn't bust yourself too hard. <laughs> no. No, That's luckily good. not. Yeah, I just kind of tumbled over and rolled a few times and got up. Yeah, probably yeah. had scrapes and stuff. But, okay. Um, fortunately, um, Aaron was able to find me another frame, and we transferred all my parts that were fine over to that frame. It was uh, with a donation to the Bikes for Humanity. Oh, the Bikes for Humanity. Sorry, that was terrible. It was with a donation. Two bikes for humanity that we found this. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a couple of years now. Time's gone by so fast. <laughs> it has. <laughs> no, I'm just realizing, like, yeah, that wasn't just last year. Like, no. Like, neither Anna nor I were actually living together, for one, because we put it together in, like, her old right. garage. That's right. Yep. No, it's it's been a while. So that bike's seen a lot of miles. Because my commute right now is still like 25 miles a day. Yeah, That's easily. Some distance, yeah. So add on that, you know, 20, you went, 20, 30 miles of delivering adds up after a while. You went from living in Vancouver to uh, like East East Portland. Uh-huh. Yeah, further commute to work. It was, it was, it was eight miles it? one way and now it's 12. <laughs> oh my gosh. How is it commuting in from that far out? We don't often have too many listeners who are doing that type of commute on the show um well i have recently become lazy so when i say i bike commute 25 miles a day that's really <laughs> ideally you bike commute 25 <laughs> i used miles to do it more day. so often yeah um but um when i first moved over there for the like like the first year and a half i was biking there and biking back um it was fine i mean it went by pretty quickly 
um especially in the morning it was like mostly downhill in the morning so mm-hmm. um but biking home after work was definitely not my favorite yeah <laughs> it's tricky because it's nice to not have to work too hard to get to work yeah but there's that i feel like there's um kind of that curve to the line where it gets past a certain point and you're like oh nope i'd rather yeah <laughs> just rather just be on some other portion of it yeah especially when it gets to friday it's like oh no i'm not gonna do this yeah. today yeah. i'm gonna get on the max line totally well it's <laughs> nice that there's alternative options um one of the reasons i was asking was that there in portland uh has been a spree of recent improvements to stuff out past 82nd street in regards oh, okay. to cycling infrastructure um, so I was curious. I just missed. Your route. I just I had a summer job driving, um, and I just missed out on the new bike stuff on 102nd. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but I used to bike down that road. I don't know if you've been out that mm-hmm. way, um, but it's rather high speed. Yep. And I was biking in the dark. Oh my gosh. Uh, and people don't go. Yeah, it's slow over there. Yeah. And it, luckily, you can mostly keep up with traffic because mm-hmm. it's downhill going north and it's tricky because 102nd like i'm picturing when you see videos on i don't know social media or twitter people kind of lamenting the hegemony of vehicle use within the united states and they show this large like six lane intersection and you're like is this a freeway oh no this is just like our street <laughs> um, how do people get across that i think one 102- 102nd is a very good example that's yeah. very similar to that that exists within Portland and has that parity to just a lot of like very common day places in other cities. Um, but 102nd is particularly tricky because there is no Shero, not that that would do too much for people driving 50, um, but it's just wide enough that you're tempted to ride on it. Yeah. And, and then it's just not fast wide. enough that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wide till it's not. And it's yeah. just fast enough that it's like just never really. I've never I've biked on it a few times I've just never really felt safe until I was off of it I'll put it that way exactly no especially the overpass the 84 overpass is mostly the Mm -hmm. really scary spot especially if you're going uphill because there's a ramp to get on 84 oh yeah right there yeah and they cross yeah I think the way that they've done it with the city is once you get to that light just just north of um, the 84 overpass, you're supposed to cross over to the other side and they've made it a double direction bike thing Ooh. on the east side of the overpass. Okay. So, because the bike lane going south on the 102nd ends uh, right there at the overpass. So, but I missed out on that. <laughs> I'm going to be moving soon, so my commute's going to be much shorter. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I can do that a couple days just before I move. But, um, for like you know, um, nostalgia. <laughs> no, <laughs> for old times' sake. <laughs> do no. it. Do it a couple times after you move. Oh man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, no, I I have work. Work's gonna start um like three three days before I move Whoa. to North Portland. So I'll be getting up at four thirty in the morning and then biking that way probably in the dark. So. Anyway. More importantly, are you going to have a bike move? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you say with such disgust. That's a long way to go. <laughs> you never know. The bike community will band together. Uh-huh, yeah. Be like, yeah, let's go out to 100. Uh-huh. Yeah, 112th and Stark. 112th and Stark and uh-huh. 
all the way up to like to North Deacon. Portland. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a long way to go. And yeah. I don't have a small amount of things. Maybe I could, maybe it'd be fun to like transport my drum kit on by bike. Be a bicycle. <laughs> you know, someone would love to do that. <laughs> Possibly even have it set up while like yeah. someone else. That is... sounds pretty fun actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> I feel like as not that you can't strap things to basically anything. As time goes by, number of cargo bikes within Portland does increase. Okay, that's true. You know, I thinking five or maybe eight years back, if you had a cargo bike, it's probably because you like welded it together in some sense, not as a rule, but more often than otherwise. And then it just exploded so much. So maybe there's some folks out there with like an ESS cargo bike that are just. Probably. Chomping at the bit. I don't see a lot of cyclists out the, by my place. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> few, <laughs> the few bike moves that I've been a part of, it's... All been pretty short. Well, not necessarily. There was one that was like... It started somewhere off of Ainsworth, so pretty far north, and then ended up in like uh, southeast, like off of Gleason at 90-something. Oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty far. Yeah, it was a pretty long ways. It was pretty fun, too. It was like a canoe. It was an item that, that oh, uh, really? somebody took with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it seemed like it was less about um, the sense of, of wanting to help. The wanting to help was definitely there, but also about, like, I wonder if I can fit this shit on my bike. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. The last bike move I did, I I don't know if it is cheating or not, but it was certainly like the lightest bike move one could do because I moved from Hillsboro to Portland, except at that time, my rule of thumb was to only have possessions which I could fit on my bicycle. Oh. So when when time came to move, I packed up my bike and I just rode east. And then everything else just... Well, I didn't have anything else. Ah, I see. (laughs) It was was back in the, like, sleeping on the friends... uh, Ah, right on. Like, mudroom kind of (laughs) situation. Fun fun times. (laughs) But works a lot easier if you carry a light load. Yeah. I've never done a bike move for myself. I don't know if I could ever. And it's less about... Um, not wanting to organize it as it is like knowing that I'm a very last minute type of person when it comes to like even just packing for a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, usually sometimes even the day of, I'll still be like throwing things into a suitcase. Yeah, and just about every time I've moved, it's. You know, there's always going to be like a bunch of loose stuff that I'm just throwing in the back of the van. Uh, here you know, it goes. yeah, exactly. It's like I, 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 we'll I, I filled two boxes and then the rest just throws, <laughs> throw it in the back of a van. It's, it's good it's enough. It's. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> totally. Um. Hey, so it's been two weeks, though. So it has. We should maybe do some ketchup. I love ketchup. Yes, that I realized like the how, how I said that. Yeah. Uh, but. Related to that, you know, I make my own. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You and it's, Anna were- It's fucking delicious. I don't know if I've had it yet. Really? I well- should, We should- oh, Well, so- That's what we're doing for Christmas. Nice. Yep. Can I have some before Christmas? Oh, yeah, sure. Can I, can I crash your ketchup <laughs> factory? Sure. Cool. Sure. Um, <laughs> Not to be forward, but I'd love to try your ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you got you got so, me thinking about it the other day because I did buy ketchup and oh, I, was, really? I was thinking like, man, I'm such a sellout. Look at Aaron making his own ketchup. Okay, okay, confession time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really. Aaron need one. does not make his own ketchup. Yeah. We make our own ketchup. Oh, Anna okay. and I. Anna and I make ketchup in that I buy the supplies and Anna applies <laughs> the heat <laughs> and mixes it all together. And sometimes she both buys the supplies and puts it all together. <laughs> well, I'm this makes a lot of sense. Yours and Anna's but, ketchup. But <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> I wish I had brought it with me today. Jane uh, found a travel hot sauce bottle. Oh, yeah. That's what we're calling it. Okay. Because it's like a miniature bottle of hot sauce. Oh, cool. Like, just... like a tiny little... Yeah. Because like... <laughs> I'm huh. always like, oh, I need hotter hot sauce. Right. So she found some like habanero stuff. Hilarious. Yeah, it's great. I don't have it on me today. And, and you can take it on a plane with you. Because um, it's under the... Well, I hope so. I mean, it's 311. You know, Maybe. three ounces of liquid, one ounce of other th- other liquid, liquid and one other ounce of another liquid three ounces I should, total though I should right know this what's that three or three ounces per the, container per container i feel like I always the have container issues. needs to be marked okay don't quote me on that That i can just write with a sharpie like guthrie's hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> well for example like i could drink this dry kombucha mm-hmm. from the beer mongers on southeast division and 12th all the way down till only three ounces are left but since it's a twelve, where ounce. is the sixteen ounce bottle mm-hmm. um, that they still wouldn't like? That still wouldn't pass TSA. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, well, I'll check how many ounces it is when I get home. I hope okay. it's not three point five because I'll be super sad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sad. Speaking of the beer mongers as well, it's been two weeks since you've heard those beautiful words. Yeah, well, maybe you've heard them on the rebroadcasts, but I uh, would just like to give a shout out to the Beer Mongers on Southeast Division and 12th for their town series, the High Road Hazy IPA. Maybe that's what I should take today, the High Road. Yeah, the High Road. Fuck the High Road. Um, Sorry, another issue. <laughs> I almost got hit today. I wasn't going to talk about it. It was, it was... You know, but maybe... Maybe it was maybe, meant to be. Yeah. I'm drinking the High Road You're right drinking now. the High Road. Instead cheers getting, to the High Road. Cheers to the High Road <laughs> for not getting killed just trying to get from A to B in Portland. Yeah. Uh, God. That was rough. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Because so, you're uh, taking the high road. Exactly. Um, what have you got over there, Steven? <laughs> I have uh, the Matchless and Mount Olympus Brewing Love Buzz Double IPA. And it is delicious. I am loving this blood orange kind of taste. It is tasty. And you know what? Not only is it delicious, but it has a great label. It does. <laughs> yeah. As as you shop by label. Uh-huh. Yeah. That I do. Um, oh, I should also mention, this is the Three Magnets Brewing Company, which is a fantastic name for a brewing company, if I, if I do say so myself. Um, yeah, we are talking about something. Well, we were talking about tiny hot sauces. Oh, yes. Tiny we've, hot sauce. we've gone way far afield. I was saying we should we should do some catching up. Oh. Only I didn't say catching up the first time. Catch up. Yeah. Hey, I heard you make your own catch up. (laughs) And here we are again. what's happening? (laughs) Do you ever just try to like- Did you miss us? Huh, listeners? Did you? (laughs) He also makes his own barbecue sauce. I do. Oh, nice. Actually, Not too different from ketchup. All right, we're renaming the show. (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, what were we up to? But it's really Anna that makes the barbecue sauce. Why why didn't we have a show the last two weeks? I did some traveling. That's right. 
and it was fun. Um, I forgot how awesome the Toledo Zoo is, okay. and I mean that. I mean that with all sincerity. <laughs> not. Not one ironic the, one at of all. The few great things about Aaron's childhood was the Toledo <laughs> was the Toledo Zoo, Zoo. <laughs> and the Toledo Art Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's like kind of world renowned to the point like I'm pretty sure listeners know. Aunt, I've talked about Anna's mom. She raises lizards. She worked with the Tulsa Zoo, and when we told her we were going to the Toledo Zoo, she's like, "Oh my gosh, really." Are you gonna go like see the reptiles? Do you, you know, like, do you have time to like see everything? And I'm like, to me, growing up, it was like you just go to the zoo and you look at the animals and then you go home, maybe have some popcorn. But I love that you mentioned that because I feel like today is a zoo day. Today's a zoo day. Yeah, we talked about yeah. zoos at work oh, as well. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, awesome. And tomorrow I'm going to the zoo here in Portland. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, snap. But not to derail. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And apparently uh, the Tuatara, which is neither a lizard nor a salamander, but somehow the characters of both, uh, is not kept in a lot of zoos, and the Toledo Zoo has one. Booyah. Yeah. Boom. Tuatara and their aquariums. What amazing. now? Other zoos? The only aquarium I know that compares is the Newport Aquarium. And yeah. that's kind of not fair because that's like the aquarium of aquariums. You know what's really not fair? <laughs> what's that? Growing up in Oregon and yeah. like that, having that as your baseline. Oh, yeah? And then going anywhere else <laughs> and just being like this really- This aquarium sucks. Not even that. Just kind of like sad and depressed. Oh, yeah. And like feeling really bad for like showing up. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, because you were the only one there. Oh, just because, like, (laughs) I mean, as far as keeping animals in captivity goes. Oh, okay. Oregon does it better. Newport has its own share in history in that regard. But generally speaking, as far as aquarium goes, seems to do better than any other aquarium I've ever been to. Well, so here's a a funny thing, because we talked a little bit about this when Anna and I were at the zoo. And granted, she comes from a a pretty uh, specific bend about zoos. Um, I kind of never really gave it a whole lot of thought other than like, I know for the most part, public zoos do try to have a conservation side of things, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people who are like, you know, like fuck zoos, like it's animals in captivity. You should never do that. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, I would love to hear other people's opinions. My, my personal opinion is I don't have enough information to make an Mm. informed opinion other than the fact that what I know from the zoo people (laughs) that Mm. I know and love, uh, zoos, public zoos try really hard to be more on the conservation side of things. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason why we're able to conserve a lot of these animals is we're showing people who have the power to make these changes in conservation. Like, Hey, for example, check out this Tuatara that doesn't survive in so many zoos that is not surviving in the wild. Hey, maybe you should think twice about the amount of plastic that you're throwing in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely. And that's so in that regards to that argument in particular, like I have been towards both sides of it yeah. so often. I feel like it's kind of and like I, that. I, I honestly like would debate. love to hear <laughs> I would love to hear something on the other side of things of like no we shouldn't ever have animals in captivity at all at any cost. Yeah. 
it's uh there's definitely some good points up in that camp as well yeah yeah i think so um the effectiveness of such like it's one of those feel goodies but statistically if you get into the data of it yeah. the amount of change that is actually evinced by that process is less than you might expect oh man from a measurable standpoint at least in regards to um studies which i have seen and they're i guess about eight or nine years old at that point but i remember uh that was like a debate item uh back oh, yeah. back in the day <laughs> and i was like oh yeah there are totally well more than two sides but two yeah. two main sides i i feel like where i fall on the line of it is personally um not a super fan of zoos but if i end up at a zoo i'm at a zoo right on. so like yeah. i try not to just get caught in a brain spin of overthinking it if it just so happens that that's where i'm at right and uh let the chips fall where they may but yeah, it is interesting. Um, there's a person who I've been wanting to get on the show for ages now um, who I may need to keep nameless for now unless she actually does come on the show. Uh, but she is a ethics professor at Pacific University. Oh, yes. We we have talked about this off the yeah. record before. Yeah, Exceptionally to, um, brilliant this person and like very yeah. fun to chat with um, and someone who I have the utmost respect for. But she... she uh, first posed the zoo question and many others uh really? out there um, oh. so i yeah i'd still love to get her on because she's a transit rider and i think yep. has a very unique perspective on what's happening in portland in that regard um but yeah maybe if we ever get her on we'll have to remember to ask the zoo question <laughs> the zoo question exactly uh, but until then write us tell and us your thoughts yeah in relation to the zoo question i would love to hear what everyone else has to think about this so the zoo is the highlight for the toledo visit for yeah so to be clear Toledo is in Ohio. Ohio. Hi, I hi. grew up in Michigan. All my family's in Southeast Michigan, but it's like just in Michigan, mm-hmm. like, you know, right across the imaginary line that we call the Michigan Toledo or Michigan, Ohio border. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyways, um, Ooh, Oh, it's already going for a second one there. Uh, wow. Mm. It's a hot day, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we got the sun blasting in here. And when we start this recording, we turned the AC off. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. We may end up having to take a break. That's all right. But anyway. We uh, haven't had too many hot days in Portland. Last yeah. time I was here, we took the photo after uh-huh. we got done. Yeah. And I was just drenched in sweat. I think we were here I for don't... like two and a half hours. Oh, yes. And there was no AC back then. So, and it was like 95 <laughs> degrees outside. So it was already hot before we even started. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, hung out with family in Michigan. That was really cool. Nice. Toledo, Toledo Zoo was definitely a highlight. Um, what county in Michigan? Lenaway County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that in a sec. Oh boy, I can't wait. Um, what else did I do in the past couple of weeks? Gosh, so much that I just can't remember. Uh, I I did put a down payment. On a Brompton and put it on order. Nice. Yep. That's awesome. When people say that, I, the first thing that jumps yeah. to my mind is house. And I was just like, oh my God. I put a down payment on a Brompton. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's as close to a house. Have you, have you experimented <laughs> with the, the distance in time between when you say the first half and when you say the second in, oh, in various no. parties? No. I wonder if I should you... I should do this now. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be I put evil, a down but... payment on. A bicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> High fives. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you excited? Oh, totally. Yeah. 
Um, it's going to be a work in progress, I've decided. Okay. Because guess what? They discontinued the uh, black oh. black edition. You know? They do black edition in other colors, which I know that sounds like a contradiction. Bit of a but misnomer. Perhaps. Yes. You can have a Turkish green black edition, for example. In so, which case, the body of the bike is black, but mm-hmm. all the components, or the body of the bike is Turkish green, but all the components are black. There's other components that are not found on a black edition that are nice. that um, I will be over time. This so, will be like the super black black edition. So you can say I had a black edition back before the black edition wasn't the black edition. <laughs> In a way, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. And for you. This is going to be fun. When's it coming together? One, one of the things I love about bikes in general, but especially Bromptons, is how the the customization market um, has flourished. Mm. You know, like I would say 10, 15 years ago, no one would think to go like, oh, I want my handlebars in like flat black. Most people just be like, I want handlebars and whatever they are, they mm-hmm. are. And, you know, it's usually chrome or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. Matte black, but, flat black is like so where it's at. Yeah, just totally. Just putting it out there. Totally. Yeah. When uh, So I finally uh, decided on a saddle with the Gladys Saddle Ending Library. <gasps> you finally decided on a saddle? Finally, after five weeks. Oh, Get, nice. Guess what color it is? Matte black? Yep. Well, so it's, I got the same saddle that I broke. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up back at square so one, it is, but it I is know what a, my other options are now. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you know, it might it might be back to the one that you yep. had, but now you know, like, hey, I'm not missing out on exactly. Anything. You're like, I have um, seen that grass on the other side of the fence. Saw that grass five times. Yeah, my side's still greener. I I put a uh, imperial on this Brompton as nice. well. Yeah. Nice, cool. Oh, I'm so excited. Not to geek out too hard on the Brooks <laughs> the Brooks bandwagon, but it's hard not to it though. Is. They, they kind of they got the they got it down right. They got a thing going. I tried really hard not to get a Brooks the, when I was <laughs> when I was doing the saddle library. In fact, I went so far as I think it's called a rivet saddle. Hmm. Um, it's essentially it's a harder leather, but it's a leather saddle. Okay, and um. Jim from Gladys introduced it to me mm-hmm. and saying like, you know, yeah, it's a harder leather. It's going to take a little bit longer to break in, um, but it's it's theoretically going to last you longer because okay. it's a harder leather. And I'm like, oh, durability, sold. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, in, in the sense of I'll try it out in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like it as much in that it just probably wouldn't break in with me. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know. Unless you really like lathered it with. Maybe um, a B a regular a regular B seventeen has a hard time uh, breaking in with me. Okay, yeah, I feel like you know, my have, previous one never did. Yeah, actually. I have that on the mischief bike and on uh, the Pugsley, mm-hmm. and it took forever for the Pugsley one to break in. Yeah, this one I've decided to actually set a calendar reminder every oh, cool. like three months to to proof fight it. Yeah, to nice. put the conditioner on. And this is a hot tip for all you people hot who tip. like basically are like, damn, I always forget to maintain this. Set a calendar reminder, and then you that's don't have to worry idea. about it until yeah. you get an email that's like, oh, by the way, you should at least check to see if your chain has worn down this past six months. Um, I, I couldn't do maintenance any other way. I just forget. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I'm going to set a three-month timer 
and every three months yeah. it's going to be like, well, does it need it? I'm going to do it with the expectation <laughs> that it'll get somehow yeah. a little bit more worn in than my last one because my last one never really conditioned. Um, oh, no. But I also never really put condition on it, oh, so okay. that's kind of that. Um, back to your trip, there is one thing that you did in a certain place that has a certain feature, and the feature is water. I'm curious to hear how it went. What are we talking about? Oh, am I making it up? What am I missing? I totally purred happily at that for um, any Parks and Recs <laughs> fan out there. So, did you go to the, the theme park for the anniversary? Or is that, am I thinking of something else? Uh, oh, the our, anniversary hasn't, our anniversary oh, hasn't happened I'm sorry. yet. <laughs> my, my I, thought that the, I thought that I was wrapped into this trip somehow. <laughs> well, I got it now. Yes, I am officially and there confused. is a water slide. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, it if just you don't want to talk happened. about it, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I can't talk about it because it hasn't happened. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, okay. Well, if you've been to the Canada, <laughs> I, I was so lost. <laughs> well, so am I. <laughs> I guess that makes us even. Um, cool. What else did you do on your trip in Lenawee County? Um, mostly just hanging out with family. Uh, so I'm going to tell you a funny story. This is one we might have to edit out later too. That's okay. <laughs> I had a girlfriend when I was 16. It was like one of my first serious girlfriends. You ever, you ever, you've had those where it's like, like. You're in high school. Yeah, we're pretty sure we're high school sweethearts. We're gonna we're gonna like do the storybook, you know. Okay. Straight from high school get married. I'll I'll caveat uh, that I had a very interesting Okay. Relationship to relationships in high school, but please continue. Okay. Well, you know I grew up in the Midwest where you kinda do things a certain way or else you're branded a weirdo for the rest of your life. AKA public school experience. <laughs> and, and well, look at me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I had this girlfriend uh, when I was in high school that uh, when we broke up, it was over the fact that I played D and D. What? <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> well, not hey, in the way that you're you in this think. trailer too, buddy. Not, yeah, not in the way that you life think. choices. Life choices. <laughs> not like, oh, he's a big fucking nerd. I can't, I can't be with him. Ooh. It was, it was again. Grew up in the Midwest. Very small town in the Midwest. Very rural small town in the Midwest. Like mm. it was, you know, kind of Bible Belt area. Anyways, not to cast dispersions on on anyone's religious affiliation or whatever or convictions, but she felt very convicted at the time that like you know what I was doing was not good. That I can identify with, <laughs> <laughs> and and I disagreed. Did you run into her? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but Anna's known this story and. <laughs> for the longest time wanted to find this person not like to confront them but just like to know who they were mm -hmm. and i wouldn't tell her this person's name at all okay uh oh also note uh my brothers were also in town oh nice yeah two of my brothers anyways yeah dan and, and t were also in town then awesome. and so and tito's family so maria and her sisters were there mm -hmm. it was really fun oh snap let me finish this story and I'll tell you another story. Alrighty. 
Um, so I've sort of kept this name hidden because it's an embarrassing story for me. Mm. Honestly, I I feel very embarrassed by this story, but also like while I I love my partner very dearly, she also has a a knack for finding people that I've known in the past on Facebook. Yeah, I was going to say Facebook. <laughs> and and like I don't even necessarily like have to say their name. I like you know, tell a story. You know, and I might like get a first name out, and she'd be like, "Oh, is it this guy?" She intuits it out of the air. <laughs> yeah, you're from yeah. a very small town. Well, and there's that. That's <laughs> that's yeah. really really that's makes it a lot easier. Thing. Yeah, <clears throat> and most of them haven't moved away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, small town haven't moved away. That's synonymous. Goes, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> otherwise you're branded a weirdo for the rest of your life. <laughs> anyway. I am also from a small town, so <laughs> yeah. In the Midwest. In the Midwest, yeah. Yes. yeah. Missouri. We're all small town Missouri. club, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you grew up in a smaller town than I did, I think. Yeah. 300 people? <laughs> yes. Okay. Does that count as a town, or is that just It's like officially a... a town. I think you, in or there is actually a, a cutoff where it's just like unincorporated territory, yep. or something like that. Yeah. There's there's a few small towns out in, in eastern Oregon. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's like 450 these days. So, my brother Dan... And I were kind of like doing some of the the stories from childhood, and then Dan started talking about a uh, car accident that we were in to- together. Um, nothing major. It was snowy. We spun out. We ended up like way out in like some farm field. It was on the way to this particular girlfriend's house. Uh-huh, okay. And he was like, oh, "What was her name?" Oh, I can't remember what was her name. And the whole time I'm trying, <laughs> I'm turning no, so no, that no. Anna can't see oh, me and yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> and he's, he's oblivious to this. Who was it? What was her name, Aaron? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shut up, Dan. And it went to the point where he, he also had a friend over. It went to the point that they both texted like mutual friends <laughs> that they knew at the time. Hey, do you remember Aaron's girlfriend from? Do you have Anyways, a good old so, visiting hometown experience? Yeah, so, it like. so Anna has that name now. Nice. Uh, you could have you could have just said the false name, and it all would have been I, right. Exactly. Oh. No. That's that's what Evelyn. I said. It was yeah, Evelyn. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah. it was Stacy. It was. Oh no! It was Mary Francis <laughs> and the Pope <laughs> and the Pope. <laughs> Apologies. Um, <laughs> another story from my travels is uh, flying standby. One of the disadvantages is if you don't get a seat, you don't you don't fly. Mm. You know, you you don't have a, a reserved seat. One of the advantages is. You can um, choose when, what flight you want to take. You know, you have sort of the flexibility of like, well, maybe I'll take this flight. Well, maybe I'll sleep in or take this flight. I'm not guaranteed to get it, but I'll I'll list for it. Mm-hmm. I found out when my oldest niece was flying out of Seattle, and so I was able to fly into Seattle oh. on my way to Detroit Gosh. and. Uh, Get on ride. the same flight yeah. as she was huh? into Detroit. Nice. It was pretty funny because she got to the gate and she was looking for food. She walked right by me. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I had this. I I like kept texting her about like you know airplane safety and like hey be sure if any uh, if any strangers come up to you and ask you to watch their luggage don't don't do it. Uh, She's like yeah I know 
why do you keep texting me stuff like this? Uh, and my whole plan was to like walk up to her at the gate and be like, yep. hey, lady, can you watch my suitcase for me? <laughs> And, it, and instead, like, she just walked right by. She <laughs> actually listened to your and advice. Like, I, was so, I was so good at trolling that I got, that I trolled, I got trolled myself. myself. yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty healthy troll. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it was cool. Nice. Um, and that's all the stories I have from traveling for now. Fantastic. Well, we're glad that you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, too. Nice. Just in time <laughs> like, for the warm weather. Steven's like, are we, are we glad you're back? It's a reminder Thanks. I have to go back to work. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're back. Uh, my two weeks were <laughs> relatively work-filled and oh, semi-uneventful. Yeah. But one cool thing was that I couldn't find a better way to solve the problem of um, extracting relevant zip codes for a service area that we were working on at work today. So... Speaking of counties, I went yeah. through county by county for about eight states, of which Michigan was one. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and pulled all the zip codes for them because oh. I couldn't find a API that allowed me to just be like, hey, can you show me the zip codes in all your county per state? Uh, so minus my like arm fatigue from copying and pasting all morning, I did get to know the counties in Michigan very yes. well. They all and... start with 4922. Yeah. <laughs> Booyah. All um, the zip codes. There's the, the and, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the Leelanu, uh County, like t- upper, kind of like northwest. Lower Peninsula? Or uh, right up by peninsula? the river, or right up by the, the lake, pretty much on the lake. Uh, lake Superior? Yes. Oh, so Upper uh, Peninsula. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Upper, I don't know Upper and Lower, but it was cool because they had a, a film in Filmed Up by Bike this year. And I was like, oh, oh, oh this is where you I are. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the Conservancy. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I, so I found that county, and I, I, of course, came across your county and <laughs> many other counties as well. Um, and Keweenaw? Then, yeah. Was that a, was yep. that a county? It is up? a county. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It was kind of like a trip down, like, oh, my gosh. There are, I, I learned today, there are many counties named Jefferson County. <laughs> Surprise. There are a couple yeah. counties named Clinton County that do a crossover for states, and... Um, there's a few Van Buren counties out there as well. Really? Which, um, mm. Given the family, it doesn't surprise me too much, okay. all things considered. But yeah, it was fun. Um, and that was my exciting thing was basically <laughs> thinking to myself, well, okay, next time I have to solve this problem, how can I write a script to do it for me? <laughs> I didn't quite get there today, but it's okay. Um, you did, not personally, but you did celebrate a birthday recently. Huh. Now, now I get to like put you on. Um, well, there is a birthday that I'm celebrating today. Oh, but maybe I wonder it's if today. it's the same birthday yes, that probably, you're talking about. Probably. Okay. I just happened to see it. Ah, uh, you're talking about Nick's birthday. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we are on the same page. I would be officially in like bad partner category or territory if I <laughs> forgot this particular birthday. Oh, yeah. Um. Yes, it is our cat's birthday today. Yeah. Everybody, Nicholas, Alexia, Vaughn. Ale- Alexandrovich Chocolate the Third. <laughs> and I know I'm missing one or two in there. Oh my God. Um, officially turned 11 today. Yeah. And I was up at midnight last night because Jane got home a bit late and we celebrated on the dot for his 11th uh, with a big pile of catnip for the sweetest, cutest oh, really? murder mittens went... cat in the world. Nice. Did he like go to town on it? It was weird. So I think he was either just like excited that Jane was home or hungry or every now and then there's uh, 
Let's talk about picky cats. When your cat is picky about catnip, catnip, you right. know, you know that you've got a picky cat. That's um, a Portland cat, right there. This is not a Portland cat. This is not the breed of you know, catnip you know that where I'm he looking shops? for. The, the cat store that's specifically for cats on Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, okay, what, what will he like this week? Right? Um, God, he's fucking cute shit though um he's, he's a, a great pretty cat. cool cat he won't let me touch him but he's a pretty cool yeah cat. he's mellowing out um he basically like a lot of people have kids we have a kid who's a cat is basically how i would describe that yeah um yeah so we got or jane got like an entire bag of catnip and we just dumped it out on the table and like set a minute and he was like what <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> you think I'm entertained? <laughs> it needs to be at least four bags as many of this cat. Right. I think I think it's a variety that he doesn't particularly pick up on. Um because we got a special catnip from Canada for him. Oh my gosh, toy that's hilarious. That he was into. <laughs> there was in a little little toy. Yeah. So. Well you gave him the you gave him the Canadian stuff and like now yeah. he doesn't want to go back to He's domestic. Like, that's, that's the good shit. That's yeah. the, the the BC bud right there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> We've got if so anybody who's listening, you're welcome to check out. He's got a hashtag on Instagram. Uh, which there are other people who've posted under this, but there's a lot of cat photos on there. Hashtag swole cute. Yeah. S-W-O-L-E. Um, and you'll you'll see our lovely kitty cat there. Is that the <laughs> only thing that shows up on Instagram if you put in swole cute? Swole cute. There's like a couple of other like random posts, but for uh-huh. the most part, it's our cat. <laughs> We're trying to like, you know, take over the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have had, and I've told you this, that we have had what? I've known probably 15 or 15 to 20 cats like that have been a part of my life in the sense uh-huh. that we have had cats. Nick is the we- first cat that like truly taught me the meaning of love for a non-human animal. Wow. And I'm Would like, you say like your other cats were more like barn cats? Uh or yard I think there's cats? a bunch of the so like societally speaking my enculturation was that animals are tools. Yeah. And so a fair bit of that bias I think resided within me even though I myself am very much not that kind of person. Like, I am... My my family... My nickname from the family is the Cat Whisperer um, because pretty much, like, any cat... I, I've just, I have cat radar. Like, if I'm at a party or if I'm, like, walking down the street or otherwise, if I see a cat, like, that is instantly what I want to be interacting with. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, like, make good pals with pretty much any cat that I meet. Um, and, like, our, my, our aunt has a cat who just hates everybody. And I got them to be pretty cozy with me in like 10 minutes. And they're like, what the hell happened? Like, what did you do to our cat? <laughs> um, so I, I really love cats and I love like connections with animals in general. Like in some ways, I'm like more of an animal person than a people person every now and then. Uh, but yeah, the, the the theory in Eastern Oregon is like, oh, well, can I extract some utility out of this right. animal? Like, what is this animal doing for me? Is this right? catching mice? Is yeah. this chasing away whatever Whatever. yeah exactly is this guarding my house yeah and this is not to is this giving me eggs exactly it's not to speak ill of that mentality but just like that's never been really the page that i am actually on Mm -hmm. um so i reconcile my self um conviction with that of you know the society surrounding me so i think moving to portland was a big shift because we tend to like view relationships with animals very differently very different but it was truly nick that brought me over the fence like ah. i've known i've known a lot of great cats um and i'm a dog person as well i think cats are my are my main stay uh 
but love cats, love dogs, and uh, Nick is a keeper. So, right on. Gonna gonna cat brag for just maybe then, ten more seconds, right. and then I'll be done. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's God, he's just a hell of a cat, and uh, <laughs> you know, as the years continue to go by, I will cherish the moments I'm with him. Right on. I'll put it that yeah. way. So happy yeah. birthday, Nick. Yeah, you're yeah. eleven. You old murder mittens. <laughs> That's uh that's how like one of the ways that Jane and I um like bonded was that her cat snuck out while she was at work and when I went to get him like we had known each other like 2 weeks at that point uh-huh. so I like went to get him with a towel and he actually like gave me a pretty good gash on my face. Oh. So she got me yeah. some apology whiskey and uh-huh. we kind of like hit it off from there. Right on. And I was like it's cool. Your cat's still awesome. <laughs> um yeah. Love you Nick. You too, Jane. <laughs> well, that's my week. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't bring you here to listen to, to, to me talking talk. about cats. Although that's not the that's worst thing cool. in the world, I'm sure. Yeah. We came here to chat about delivering things on bicycles. And uh, Stephen, tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh, well, it's it's not something I do full time. That seems a little daunting of a task. But I know people that do that. Do that. Um but yeah, I've been doing the food delivery by bike since the beginning of May, I think. That's how long I've been doing it. Um, it's not, definitely before the school year ended. Yeah, I I remember doing it a lot in May because May was the bike more challenge mm-hmm. thing. With and I still didn't beat that you... fucking other guy. <laughs> I swear to God, that motherfucker. There's, is there a delivery <laughs> category? Huh? Is there no? Oh, okay. No, it's no. just it. It's just what, however many miles you can rack up. Okay. There's one dude. <laughs> there's one dude in PPS that like uh, he just racks up tons of miles. For he would the, go on like two forty mile rides on the weekends. Yeah. Was, was he the Chris Trager of cyclists? I don't know. I don't know that reference. Oh, sorry. I'm just. Dro- I figured I'd just stick with <laughs> Parks and Rec's references for, <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> A very like enthusiastic and o- overly uh like let's go do something i have no idea person. i okay. think he's just doing yeah, it on his thing. own he's he's sort of a mystery okay <laughs> i don't know nobody knows who he is or what he does i mean you could probably look it up he's a teacher I he's think. a teacher the, yeah. the bicycle okay. snob would describe him as a lone wolf who does <laughs> double 40s on the weekend maybe yeah <laughs> well but he also I, I don't think he lives that far from the school that he works at but I know he will bike like an extra 10, 15 miles in the morning before he goes to work. <laughs> it's like, it's like, cause I fall, I started following him on, him on Strava. I'm like, how many, how many miles is this guy actually doing? And when is he doing so it? So you see his Strava path and yeah, turns out like, like it's this big it's like, horseshoe. It's a huge loop. <laughs> it's like 15 miles out of the way. It's like, oh man, <laughs> I'm just doing my regular commute hour, like miles. Hey. <laughs> you're doing what you can do that, and that's great yeah um anyway i don't know where i was uh i was talking so about May, the bike food the bike more thing. during the bike more challenge yes which i ended up racking racking up like 550 miles in may nice. which was a lot for me i think the most i'd ever done in the past was maybe like 350 or four that's easily like a hundred more than I ride in a typical month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, that was me biking pretty much every work day, five days a week, mm-hmm. just back and forth. Um, 
But yeah, I was putting on a ton of miles um, in May. But, you know, it was nice. The first thing I discovered since my commute is so far and most of the people that are ordering are in between where I work at and where my house is. And so there are a few days where it's like, this is just on my way home. All right, $25. Great. Um, So that was like definitely a major motivation was like, I can make money on my way home. While I I just make my way home. Yeah. (laughs) And then eventually it was like, oh, I can just, you know, hang out downtown for a few hours and make 50, 60 bucks or Mm -hmm. something um, and go home. And, you know, if I did that two or three times a week, it adds up, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's nice pocket change, especially when you're working a job that's not exactly the most affordable wage. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting better. It's getting better, but, you know. Do you interact a lot with other folks who are delivering for services? I haven't. No, there's been a couple of times where I've, where restaurants are kind of behind, like, kind of swamped and inside um and then you'll be there waiting with other people that are delivering as well so they don't have like a staging area for all the like bike delivery people um some do or it's you know it's bike and people that are delivering by car too oh yeah um but uh it is a little awkward like i wish restaurants would have a little bit more like staging area because it often i often have to be like no i'm not in line you know (laughs) and i don't want to wait outside because then that because then nobody gives you your food yeah no one's gonna walk outside Mm -hmm. with it so it's so there's like a weird i think it's still adjusting i don't think i don't know how long it's been around in portland but like you have um at the airport there's the rideshare lane exactly you you need that yeah not need that but one could see it moving smoother if there was more organized restaurants or such yeah Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I've actually had a conversation with anybody while I've been on, on the clock with that. Um, but I've definitely run into people that are doing the same thing as me. There's one, yeah, there was one time I picked up some food from this place in Northwest. Um, and there was this other guy waiting with me. And I think we were both, both going to like the same place to deliver. Oh, yeah. Like the same delivery, like no, not the same, ad- not the same oh, address, okay. but like pretty close, probably the same apartment mm. building or like the one next to it. Oh, okay. And I went a different way, and then I saw him coming. I was like, "Ha <laughs> I went faster than you." Oh, nice. <laughs> I love those moments where, like, like you're riding with somebody, like that you don't know. Mm-hmm. You split off, like you know, and then you end up like back together again but like slightly ahead and you're like ah i chose i chose the better path <laughs> made my made my route there's like the dystopian um like hope it doesn't go this way part of me is thinking of some like company incentivization of that model of like oh how can we make our delivery riders compete against each other <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're I don't know if it's competition, but there are like bonuses, like do X amount of deliveries in X amount of time. Yeah, that's just more. I think that's more just encouraging people to stay on the clock longer. Oh, uh-huh. because I think a lot of people don't. I think a lot of people just do it. There's there's plenty of people that do it as full time work, but I think a lot of people are like, I need to go home to my family and make dinner. Or sure. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of people that are just doing it as like a side side gig. Some and done. Yeah. And what so, uh, so do you do it with 
just one company or do you do it with multiple or it's is there an app two. that aggregates? Okay. No, there's no aggregation. How do you choose what you do with who? And what I, are the differences? Um, I, so I've been working with... The we may have to strike those okay, names. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, cool. I was trying to keep the. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm working with multiple companies. And they both yeah. suck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working with multiple companies, and usually what ends up happening is I'll buy it from work, which is way over on Marine Drive. And once no, I. Very northern Portland for those yes, listening exactly. from afar. Um, and then once I hit, you know, where the major more well, a lot of people are ordering food usually i have to go downtown but sometimes i'll get orders over at like williams and killingsworth which is you know north portland as well but probably three or four miles from where i work at okay um and i just yeah i wait until i get my ding on my phone and it's like okay i'm gonna roll with that one of the companies seems to pay more per delivery and i like to use them more but it it depends on how frequently I'm getting deliveries from them because there's there'll be times where you know it's just one after the other for four hours and I'll just keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and then other times it'll be like oh I haven't had a, a delivery or an order for half an hour I'm gonna switch over to the other one and see oh, if something gotcha. happens the you the, can't run them both at the same time you can like, yeah. yeah oh okay um sorry yeah I made it seem like I that's not the case but i usually do but once i take an order from one i turn the other one off so mm. i'm not getting dinged oh, at the right. same time because it's just too complicated sure. i don't have enough space to carry both and then it's possible that one will send me in a totally different direction than the other one so it's just not You're worth like, no not worth it exactly yeah. Yeah. um but uh anyway anyway that makes it a little bit more um complicated because i like to keep it to one one um a day just because they incentivize if you make so many deliveries with them they'll add on extra money at the end of the night so um that's what i try to do anyway have uh in regards to just sort of the sheer volume and and kind of automation nature of the process like or maybe what i'm speaking more to is to me it seems very impersonal in regards to you know you kind of like receive your marching orders and like boom you're you're out you go there you get this as somebody who's been doing it for a while how do you feel it is to actually kind of be in that mindset or mentality and and like what are your do you get like beneficial interactions with the people that you meet along that process or are you more just viewing it as like booyah spending money like that's what i'm here for yeah, I don't end up interacting with a lot of people. And not that like that would necessarily be the end goal, but I, I think yeah. it's just you know that uh, commodification of service yeah. in, in a sense. Uh, it seems that a lot of stuff's going that way, so I'm curious. Yeah, no, it is super impersonal. Um, there's been a few times where I've you know actually not really had a conversation with, but you know had a little bit more, you know, more than five words with somebody before. Mm-hmm. But usually it's like five six words and then on to the next thing okay um a lot of times like i'll be on my way to deliver food and then i'll get another order as i'm on my from the same app and it's like oh okay well i need to hurry up and drop this off so i can go back to the other restaurant and pick up the food from there and drop that off Mm -hmm. um do you 
ever combine like orders like as as you've picked they up one and you see that oh really or there'll be there'll be times where it's like you're already going to a restaurant and then i'll ask you if you want to take more food oh, from that like, restaurant by the way, to a different re- address yeah. okay um but yeah um there's other other times where i'm on my way to somebody's house and then it'll show up as another order for a restaurant that's close to where this person lives at and then i'll go over there which is really nice because then that keeps the night rolling mm-hmm. um yeah but i don't i don't end up interacting with the a lot of people it is it is interesting to see where people order from food from where they live at and like mm-hmm. the kind of discrepancy and like wealth oh like income yeah. level is there a stratification oh yeah no i it, am curious like, <laughs> would you would you be willing to talk about that a little like not from a like calling out or, or shaming standpoint no. but just like there there definitely do seem to be these like ephemeral tears sometimes yeah um no it is it is a little strange just because a lot of a lot of the places that i've been delivering to are on like new developments on the waterfront honestly and i mean sometimes people order food that are like on business trips and they're in hotels mm-hmm. um but a lot of the time, the places I'm delivering to are more affluent places where people have the money to spend yeah. on that because it's not cheap. Like I've ordered food from these apps before and it's easy to spend $50, not not hard to spend mm-hmm. 50 bucks On two slices of pizza. Yeah, not on... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, not but that they were extreme, the best damn but... <laughs> two slices. Of... Um. It is... So I do have a funny story about this because... Um, Anna and I will often use a food delivery app as well. I, w- I won't name it um, because oftentimes like either we're coming back from a trip and, and too tired to like make for ourselves, but also too tired to like go out or um, she's out somewhere and wants to have like food delivered so that it's there when we're ready mm. um, or when we're there. Uh <clears throat> And there's a particular pizza place that I love very much. And we would get pizza from there, but for, through this app. And so we would pay the delivery fee and then we, yeah. we're, we're notoriously good tippers. It's just, thank you. Thank you for tipping. <laughs> by the way, people it's, don't tip yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm going to get into that. Yes, for a second. please. <laughs> Cause I, I like where this is going. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, found out this particular pizza place also runs their own delivery. <laughs> so we've been paying like for that. Oh, app shoot. And, yeah. Sorry. I'm taking money away, out of your pocket. <laughs> like, like in the <laughs> old days. Oh, I don't deliver pizza. <laughs> I'm on a bike, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just realizing like, like how much money we're spending and, and it's really not that much cause we don't do it that often. But I can't imagine people who just do this, like, that's their norm. Like, how much extra money is just being spent that way? I've I've delivered to the same people multiple times I in wondered. the same week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever got the same driver. That's how, that's it's how happened. rarely it's we've, happened a few we've times. done this. Yeah. yeah. And it's usually I can tell because whenever I accept an order, it'll show me like on the map like a dot it won't give me it the address that i'm or delivering to until i actually pick uh-huh. up the food but it'll show me the address and i'm like 
I know that address. I know exactly where that house uh, is. Right on. <laughs> hey, Bob. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> or, sorry, customer 3-4. <laughs> well, see, then then it's no longer as impersonal as it used to be. <laughs> no, that's nice. I mean, there's been a couple. It's really nice when people either, by virtue of just not understanding the app, don't like actually give me cash. Um, oh, yeah. In person instead I, of. I would rather give cash as a tip. That's I really like that a lot better because then I know that I'm getting tipped right then and there. The problem with these apps is the tips don't come in until, you know, three or four hours later yeah. or 24 hours later. Or, See, or they can do a retraction, too. I haven't had that happen yet. That's, oh, gosh. Oh, really? okay. Or I'm not made aware of that if that happens. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, gosh. That's like good. they could tip you like, like $5 and be like, eh, that really wasn't worth $5. <laughs> yeah. $10. I had heard for Amazon system when, well... From a company system. <laughs> you oh, know. I don't mind rubbing their nose. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have, there's like a 24-hour period where you can like edit your order, apparently. No! And, wow. Uh, so you're like, booyah, here's 20 bucks. Oh, JK, like it's zero. <laughs> but that's thanks sad. for the things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sad. I don't know if anybody does it necessarily. That, that said, I... Well, are we talking like... Amazon food delivery or Amazon yeah. like items? Because I Amazon... would never tip an Amazon like delivery person... Just because oh. it's like drop and go, but I've never oh. done Amazon food delivery. Well, the food is, to my understanding, is independently contracted, so it's okay. similar to anything else. You yeah. know, it's them, their car. Plus, of... somebody has to be there to like pick yeah. it up, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's just like many of the other services. They actually recently discontinued it, um, so I'm not sure if Ooh. you know they they were competing as well with. I'm in so a, intrigued. In a rare case of Amazon backing down from something, <laughs> you know, once a, once every five years, once, like, once they've crashed that system of doing it. Well, I know. think they just never made it in. They they didn't oh. get a big enough bite of that Apple, is my understanding. So um. So yeah, who 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 knows? But I had heard for that one in particular that there was like a, a grace period or something. So you were okay. like, oh, J.K. Like, I didn't actually want to like. So to your point, Stephen, you know. Knowing that you have physical cash in your hand, not, like, it is nice. Nobody can yeah. take that back from you. No, yeah. it's true, yeah. and it seems more of a personal, like, thank you for doing this. And people, like, people can tell that I'm on a bike mm-hmm. um, before I even deliver it to them. Which oh, is... it, the app tells them like, yeah, your your delivery person's on a yeah. bike. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. So it'd be super cool is if they tipped people who are on bikes extra money exactly but like i can go on I my power i can go on yeah. my power bill and i can say i'd like to get it from renewables in oregon only there yeah. should be that option to incentivize cycling yeah. yeah i think so that would be nice um i did find out recently that one of the companies that i'm working for is merging with another app mm. and i don't know if the other one that i'm working for might also get bought out by this app but, so I'm curious to see what happens because I haven't used this yeah, particular that's... app yet. Okay. Um, but I know it's coming up here in a couple months. It's all going that direction. Yeah. I, I mean, think... it's not that surprising to yeah. me. But I've really enjoyed this one app and the fact that they're going to be this other app now is like, mm-hmm. ah, I hope it's not that different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scoober. <laughs> um, well, what, what has been... Um the most fantastical experience that you've had that you never expected from partaking in this journey? Um, I don't, yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I, I mean, I, 
I don't know if it's fantastical, but I've definitely had experiences where I it was totally unexpected and I realized how out of shape I am where I've That's taken fantastical. <laughs> <laughs> where I've taken orders that it, and I didn't realize I it was this was user error because I didn't realize you could actually look at the map before you accepted an order oh. and see where the person lived at. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's up by Council Crest Park. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> uh, and there, yeah, there was, there was one time I took food from like inner Southeast over to Dornbecker. Like, wow. like the children's hospital the children, up on the hill. Like, yeah. You know, good 800 feet worth of climbing. Yeah. And, and you know, Switch like territory. the error with the app is just, it doesn't measure it by elevation or anything. Right. It's just like time wise. <laughs> this is five miles. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. As long as you can get there within 40 minutes, I think, is, uh, huh. which have is you, quite a distance. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, ever missed that window? No. That 40-minute window? Okay. No. I think any time I've missed the window, it was because the restaurant took too long with the food to get oh, it Oh, yeah. And there's hopefully a button that's like BT dopes. Yeah. They, they, the restaurant will like pay you extra. No, it's not a lot. Or the app will end up paying you extra money. Mm. If you have to wait, there was one time I had to wait. Last time I delivered, it was like from these carts over at like 11th and Hawthorne. There's a bunch of carts over mm-hmm. there. Cartopia. Um, I didn't realize it was there until I started delivering. Um, but um, there was one. There's like a sushi, like a sushi Rito. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, that's not 11th and Hawthorne. It's, it's 11th like and Madison. Madison. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Madison. Yeah, there's a place over there. Yeah, and that, that whole new, place yeah. was like super swamped. And I think I had to wait like 20 minutes for the food. Mm. Sushi Rito? Yeah. It's like a... We might have to talk about this later <laughs> off the record. Hey, it's not my business. <laughs> I'm just picking up and delivering, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't shoot the, the messenger. I'm not shooting the messenger. I, I just I want more information. Mm-hmm. I've ordered there before. It's all right. You know. <laughs> See, but do you want it to be all right? Or do you want it to be like, wow, that was really good. I would do that again. <laughs> I don't know if I would I do think it again. he's trying to fish for a reaction for me. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. what's, that's what's happening. <laughs> but I deliver. Yeah, I had to deliver from there all the way over to, um, where was it at? It was over like off Milwaukee and Holgate, which wasn't that far. Yeah. But like. Just I shot down Eleventh, which is like a busy car yeah. street, and yeah. it was like six or six thirty or something. There's plenty oh. of people, plenty of people that driving. Can sometimes I mean, it's I a, think it's I moved a over to like sword because you can sometimes move faster than the cars that are on there because it's so crowded. But then also it kind of irks the drivers yeah. that are. That's stuck one thing. There. That's one thing I've noticed doing the biking thing is I don't always choose the safest route. It's more like what's going to get me there the fastest. Yeah. Uh, which, as you know, has proved to be not as dangerous as I expected it to be. Um, but also, it's like I don't bike like this usually. Right. Mm-hmm. Not something you would do like just on your on your weekend leisure ride. Yeah, yeah, puts it out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but usually, when I'm biking, I'm biking downtown, and there's not a lot of bike lanes downtown anywhere. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually not an issue. Actually, there's, there's the green wave though. The green wave. The, the green wave, theoretically. Oh, okay. Tra- traffic lights downtown. Yeah. For, yeah. In most oh, sections. yeah. So they're I've, timed at about 14 miles an hour. Yeah. 13, yeah. 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've definitely gone down Fourth Avenue downtown and hit every green light 
from like PSU all the way down to like Burnside. Nice. Isn't it a great feeling? <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty is good. What is that? Like three miles? Four miles? No, it's not no. that long, oh, but okay. it's several blocks. Oh yeah, it's a lot blocks, of lights. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've gone that way quite a bit, and I've also discovered the elevator by OHSU that oh, yeah. goes up. Oh, <laughs> to Corbett Avenue. Yeah, you're talking about the Gibson Street pedestrian. Bridge. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've used that many, many times. There's been so many times I've delivered from this Vietnamese, I think it's Vietnamese restaurant, like second, second on second downtown. It's a very busy place over to like Corbett area. I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Very, I've never eaten there, but there's usually, that's a, that's always a weird experience getting in and out of that restaurant because the line is out the door very oh, yeah. long. Mm-hmm. And there's only and so one way walk, into you just the walk restaurant. right in. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Suckers. I, I always get that feeling of like, oh, I mean, this is nice, but uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And people, yeah, definitely look. It's the same thing. At, um, They're like, think you're taking over their territory. Yeah. No, it, like, what it, are it, you doing? <laughs> it does. It feels kind of nice because it's like, oh, this, uh, like people are mad at me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a nice feeling. Well, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, no. Because you're not taking a seat. Like, I am, I am right in this situation yeah. for walking in. Um, and I'm just not just cutting in front of people. Yeah. But I think huh. people are taken by surprise. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, there's also salt and straw. Mm. People order from salt and straw, just pints huh. of ice cream. That. Yeah, yeah. And I walk in, grab it, don't grab pay for anything, pint. and yep. walk out. <laughs> the secret. <laughs> Wait, but he just... <laughs> What's happening? And it's usually like, you know, 40 plus people waiting right. outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. It's do really you, fun. Do you think you're going to keep it going in the uh, work season? Or, uh, or that which yeah. you're getting into? The or rainy do you feel like season? it's more of a summer Yeah, year? that's one of the things I haven't done yet. I I think there was one day I delivered in the rain this spring, but I think I only delivered for like an hour and a half. Yeah. That seems way more complicated. Um, I noticed my, just my phone just, I, I brought a rag with me to try to keep wiping the screen oh, off. Oh yeah. Cause they, it's once it gets wet, res- it doesn't, yeah. you know, but even then it's just, it's too much of a pain in the ass to keep, keep up with. But I imagine people order more food. In the rain because they don't want to go outside. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I should probably do it as an experiment for a few days just to see what it's like. But I don't know if I want to bike all the way downtown and back. People order more food downtown. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I would. I would imagine um, most of the food that you're delivering from is around downtown. I'm not going very far. Like yeah. the the way the app works is they know what kind of vehicle you're using. And so if I'm on a bike, then they take that into consideration. The, yeah. Yeah. I think the longest order they've ever asked me to take is from downtown all the way up to like Ainsworth hmm. and interstate, okay. so which North, is a long North way. Portland. Yeah. It's a, it's a long way. And I definitely did not take that order. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, that's one thing. That's one thing I've had to learn is like, don't <laughs> take ever, orders that are a long way away. Just thinking, like, like going that far north, especially if it were on interstate, I would be tempted to hop, hop on the, the max. max. I've thought about it at times. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, have no. you ever like done multimodal? No, no, I haven't. It's probably good. Idea not to. <laughs> it's like, why is this thing keep playing? Cause they can see me on a map. Right, why right. do they keep stopping in like every like 10 blocks? <laughs> he's going fast. Then he stops. Then he's going faster. Then he stops. That's <laughs> no, there's only been one time where I've taken an order to North. It feels kind of weird because I am biking from north portland all the way downtown and i really don't like biking back that direction oh after. no yeah because it's, it's mostly uphill yeah yeah and it's just like i just came from there i'd rather just stay around downtown <laughs> right um and there's you know incentives for making so many deliveries and whenever you bike that far out of the like major zone where people are ordering food you lose out on oh yeah you that know, makes getting sense. more deliveries you have to bike back to where people are actually ordering food to get more. Um, and the time goes by so fast. Like it'll usually it's like make five deliveries between five and 10 o'clock and we'll, t- we'll add an extra $5 too, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's easy to only make five deliveries between five and 10 o'clock, depending how busy it is mm. for being on a bike anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people in cars make a lot more, <laughs> make a lot more money doing this job, but then they have to pay gas. And sure, I see a lot of illegal like, parking downtown. No way! <laughs> it's like I don't want to take that risk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what uh, in terms of your expectations coming into this role, what has has there been anything that's challenged that expectation, or anything that's just been different than you had thought? originally that the experience would be like i thought it would be more money (laughs) okay (laughs) um and i oftentimes just lose track of how much mileage i'm doing it doesn't seem like i'm doing a lot whenever i'm just biking one mile here one mile there and then i'll look at my app at the end of the night it's like oh 25 miles um which is a lot That's that's a good yeah uh considering like some of that is on top of like your regular commute yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Um but I didn't really go in into it with a lot of expectation honestly other than like can I make money doing this? That was about the extent. Hmm. Um and I've been able to do that, which is which is nice. There I've figured out, you know, as time has gone on, what days are worth biking and what days are not worth biking because there's been days like of the days week. Days of the week? Days of the week, yeah. Um because there's been days of the week where I've gone to my regular spot downtown. I usually hang out around Pioneer Square and wait for people to start ordering if I don't get an order before I get there. Um, and then there, there'll be days where it's like, take food from here all the way up to like the Southwest Hills neighborhood. And I'm just like, no. And then I'll <laughs> get it five minutes later. Take food from the same restaurant to go up to the Southwest. No, I don't want to go there. Right. Mm. Um, you find out like that's the only business. Well, I find that day. I find out like, those days there's less people working because mm-hmm. normally those deliveries would get off put to somebody else I if see. I reject the order. Uh-huh. And if I receive the same order, that means less people are working at least in that particular area mm-hmm. um, of town. Which, you know, if I keep getting orders that I don't want to make, it's like okay, I'm gonna go home now because yep. I don't want to. <laughs> If I find something that's on the way home, that's great, but I'm done for the night. Yeah. Um, there was one night that I made three orders 
all the like up in the hills and I didn't make hardly anything. People tipped, which was nice because I was covered in sweat. <laughs> Here's your food. <laughs> it's covered in sweat. Um man, that's some of those houses up there. It's just unbelievable. I never yeah. go up there. Yeah. But, you know, multi-million dollar the houses. The time the time we did the day round, that was like one of the things that struck me. And even even those houses weren't like, you know, some of the more ritzy houses no. around up there, you know. There was one address I delivered to. You you remember that street College Street. I do remember College Street. <laughs> I went up College Street to deliver food. Did were were you in the saddle the whole time? Because uh, no, I think I had to walk that <laughs> pretty much every time I've got on that road. I got off uh, my bike and walked most yeah. of the way, and I still made it before the time. But I just I was just so covered in sweat. So covered in sweat yeah. by the time, and it's like this is not worth my. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm walking faster than I would be biking. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, and then yeah, going up and that's always kind of a weird thing whenever you're going into more affluent neighborhoods is they have these long driveways. Oh, and yeah. Like go, you, like, you go up this long <laughs> steep street, and then <laughs> you got like another quarter mile of driveway to go to. Yeah. No, uh-huh. it's like okay, I'm showing up on my bike at this person's residence. Mm-hmm. I hope they know that I'm the one giving them their food and that <laughs> I'm not invading on right. their property. some stranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, I've learned my lesson yeah. with that, not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Although there was one time I was biking back down from this particular house and uh, there was a deer like up on the, there was oh, like this cool. very um, steep little hillside kind of uh-huh. thing. And there's a deer that was right next to me. Like I had to brake really hard because oh, it was wow. in the middle of the road and then oh, it ran okay. up the hill huh. and just hung out. And I was like, oh, that's really bizarre. Yeah. What's up, dear? <laughs> <laughs> um, Spe- speaking of lessons learned, um, do you have any words of advice for anybody that's perhaps considering this type of journey? Um, hmm, I don't, I'm not quite sure. Let me think about it. Um, don't put in too much work unless you really need to do it for income. Like it's, it's nice for me because it's just extra money. And if I were doing it for just I to pay rent and stuff, I would be so stressed out all the oh, time yeah. because I it's, it's not a very, hard to, to do that as a full-time gig. I think it would be. Yeah. And just on your body, I think biking that much will take its toll sure um and then bike maintenance bike maintenance like you're gonna have to repair your bike more if you're biking that much oh yeah you mentioned you replaced your bottom bracket earlier what other parts did you? Uh, i had to have my pedals changed out the bearings went out on that Mm. um and i've had to have it have it um tuned up once or twice okay um nothing serious but um yeah, it's it because before I was fine with my bike and just after biking, you know, 600 miles <laughs> in a month and a half uh, Boom. that, yeah, it's like, you know, what I would have biked normally in four or five months or something, right. you know, yeah. um, big difference. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 hard, hard for me to stop doing it because it's is like an instant reward. It's like because it instantly deposits to my 
bank, ah, bank account. Nice. Okay. So it's like as soon as I make a delivery, it's like, oh, there's money right there. And so it's like I I'm the kind of person that's like very like when I'm in something, I just want to do it all the way. Ah, um, ah. And if I like I will tell myself, OK, I'm done at eight o'clock tonight. I don't want to bike longer than eight. And then I'll get an order at 745. And Just like, one more. It's like, I'll do it one more. Yeah. <laughs> Just another one. I can stay up another hour. Yeah. And then I'll yeah. lose sleep when I have to get up early the next day. You don't yeah. play the slots, do you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this isn't a bad addiction. <laughs> no, no, no. Riding your bike? What? Yeah. No, I think that's great. There's, there's far, far worse things to like be addicted to. That's, that's for sure. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for yeah, coming yeah. on the show and no, chatting. Great. For sure. Um, would you like to hang around for our news and headlines? Yes, I will stick around. Cool. Awesome. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. Don't don't ever use that. Oh, been too long since we heard Tim Mooney. Mm-hmm. The second Thursday. Oh, there was a somebody spotted a Tim Mooney sticker at the bike bridge, or I'm calling it a bike bridge, but what I really mean is car tunnel on the. Oregon coast. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good, good spot by a pedal shift cyclist and right uh, listener there. And hi to Tim Mooney. Thanks for the sounder. Onward, going the second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also, the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. And the last Friday of every month in. Baltimore is the Baltimore Bike Party. All these bike parties. You know, there's one bike party that we didn't have on our calendar. It came and went. But I saw pictures on the Instagram of it. And it was just, it blew my mind, is the DC Bike Party. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of that one, actually. Oh, check out the pictures, man. Okay. DC, good job, man. You guys yeah. did it right. DC um, had a rider for World Naked Bike Ride. I think I heard it from a gent named Kirby. Okay. Whose mission was to ride every every world, world naked every bike world ride. Naked I remember this person. Yeah, he was yeah. telling me about that. Oh, uh, the first Saturday Saturday of every month is the civil unrest ride. Every second Sunday of every month, right here in Portland, is the Corvidi Bike Club ride. Ka-ka-ka! September fourteenth and twenty first, ride the rim at Crater Lake. That is one of the things I plan to do. And September twenty first. The Intergalactic Surly Day, they're happening all over. And here in Portland, we originally uh, said it was at Base Camp Brewing. It is not. It is at Modern Times Belmont Fermentation. Which is just down the street. Yes. Um, Upcoming filmed by bike tour dates, Missoula, Montana, September 19th and 20th. Check that out. That is a change from our original um, posting Two days. They, uh, yes, it's two days You're now. You're getting two days. Then <laughs> to go Australia, October 4th. Coos Bay, Oregon, November 2nd. That's a 2nd. new addition. Yeah. Coos Bay is, like, I think one of the most under, like, championed towns of, like, that area of the coast. Oh, yeah? It's, I don't like, think I've ever been there. Oh, th- they have a fantastic, like, music scene going really? on. Really? Yeah. Open oh, mic wow. night in Coos Bay. I haven't been you know there in a, few a couple things of years. About an open mic night in Coos Bay. It's true. <laughs> we'll come back to that. It's a. I love that town. Coos um, Bay. Shout out. Also, awesome that <laughs> you're doing a film by bike. It's going to be fantastic. Akron, Ohio, November third. Keep it real, Akron. All right, I and f- now 
<laughs> totally, totally forgot that was on the mail. <laughs> What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. Pedal just as fast as we can into the morning light. Pedal just as fast as we can into the daylight. Pedal just as fast as we can into the night light. From OutsideOnline.com via Wayne Norman. Hey Wayne, thanks for sending some mail. Yay! Or headlines. Uh, you've probably seen this, but if not... A 3,500-mile human-powered ascent of Denali. On June 22nd, Clay Hughes and Cody James confirmed on Instagram that they'd summited Denali, completing a 81-day quest to climb the highest peak in North America using human power alone. Dot, dot, dot. The trip involved a total of 3,500 miles. That ampersand is my addition, by the way. <laughs> I love it. It's perfectly placed. By bike, uh, 63 miles by foot, 37 miles by ski. What was that? 3,530 miles by bike. Uh, and the men yeah. carried all their own food and gear. They ascended the 2,310-foot Denali from the north side via the Muldrew Glacier Route, which is the same path taken by the men who first climbed the mountain in 1913, although it's less commonly used today. That is true. Very few people climb via yeah. that route, have, uh, which makes it kind of like all the more amazing. Have you... You've been around that area before. I've been yes? close to. Okay. Back in another life, I was an aspiring mountaineer slash mountain guide, and Denali was kind of that peak that is like somewhat affordable as far as like large okay. peaks go. Um, never, never came to be because I figured out that I like climbing smaller mountains that have nobody <laughs> on them. Would you say it's like comparable to Hood as far as like uh, the amount of people that try to summit it uh, via that route or Denali in general? Um, oh, right, sorry. No, just as far as like uh, how popular it is to summit. Like, oh. is is Denali Alaska's version of Mount Hood? Where Denali like... is probably of like when they when they say like the summit, seven summits for continents and the tallest peaks oh, on each. Okay. It is the seventh summit for okay uh, North America. So, so that's that's definitely not an easy climb. It's not easy, but it's also incredibly trafficked. Like typically what you do, it, so the route that most people take, and this is just what makes this whole thing, like a lot of people don't do the other route because it's uh, just not as like uh, safe Easy. of a climb, oh. <laughs> like all things considered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's not really I like set up the for in the same way that um, the, the, I can't remember the main route right now, but yeah, we, during the summertime, if you were getting a permit to climb Denali, like it's basically somewhat similar to Everest Base Camp. Like if you look at the pictures, there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just oh, like yeah. chilling out in tents, waiting for that one or two weather windows that you get during the month or oh, okay. maybe even the yeah, season, yeah. depending on the year. And then like boom, it's a train of people right on up to oh, the top, yeah, yeah, uh, for the tallest mountain in North America. So like in that regard, um. It's very similar to Hood because Hood's the same deal. Like if you get a good summit attempt on Hood, uh, oftentimes like I, I like to start on the earlier side of things and like just memories of looking down towards Mount Hood, the lodge, and like a little Christmas tree strand of headlamps just all the way on down. Um, so in that regard, Denali is very similar to Hood. Uh, Denali is exceptionally harder to climb than Hood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so most people uh, will train in somewhat inclement conditions on rainier and like a bad day on rainier is kind of considered a good day in denali oh generally a bad speaking. day on rainier is kind of a 
bad day in general. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. I used to I used to have dreams of climbing Rainier, by the way. I don't have those dreams anymore. Yeah. I, I, I mean you don't wanna you don't wanna go up in like a horrible day on Rainier, but but the simulation that um Rainier provides is generally considered to be a good summit um like practice for Denali. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I this blows my mind. Yep, mountaineering kind of blows my mind <laughs> in general. If you like misery, you might like mountaineering. <laughs> <laughs> How much pain and and hardship can Just you put up with for twelve to forty eight hours? Take all your oxygen tanks down with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I, not too many folks. I'll, I guess they do because I don't know about Denali. But Denali's just, up there. Just enough. in people, general, people when use you're oxygen on Denali. Yeah. It, it's not like the the classic way but you're you're high up enough if yeah. you get ams or something like that like you're going to be pretty freaking thankful for that oxygen for, tank yeah. um and they have their fair share of stuff going on like ba- basically for mountaineering doesn't matter if it's climbing like 10 feet or ten thousand. the name of the game is patience and, and the right saying on. goes the mountain will be there and what that means <laughs> is that if your conditions are not optimal uh-huh. don't go if you want to be alive to do it another time good point yeah uh, you know, and shit will happen as it does. Don't but... get caught up in the thinking of like, well, this is my only opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever in that situation, like many people get on Denali of like, well, I just paid 20,000 bucks and this is my shot. Yeah. Uh, that's how people die. Right. Or at least make very bad decisions, all things considered. Uh, that's my rant about mountaineering. <laughs> or you could go to any one of the other like thousands of peaks in Alaska and have a perfectly great time. Uh, Eli would be a nice one for those of you uh seeking otherwise but yeah check it out it, it's fun <laughs> next up this came to us from my partner anna delta airlines eliminates fee for sporting equipment mm-hmm. including bikes delta customers traveling with surfboards bicycles golf clubs scuba gears Bicycles and other large size sporting equipment like bicycles will now be allowed to check them as part of standard baggage allowance. The airline is eliminating the $150 specialty sports bag fee previous large, previously charged for these items, effective for travel worldwide on tickets purchased beginning July 17th. So it is current going on right now <laughs> customers will instead pay a first second or third check bag fee according to the fair rules associated with their booking and or sky miles medallion status oh yeah also from outsideonline.com via brock written by our good friend yay and, um frequent ish guest when she's in town annalisa vandenberg 10 unusual backpacking bikepacking items worth the wait People like to say that less is more, and I can certainly attest to that today, as Eric and I have ridden a combined 20,000 miles and counting, stopping at innumerable post offices along the way to ship unneeded weight home. I can identify with that sentence. (laughs) Uh, It is one of the biggest lessons we've learned while adventure cycling, how little you actually need on bike tours and in everyday life. This makes the items you do end up bringing that much more important. Uh. I want to ask you, I already know the answer because the answer, if, spoiler alert, everybody, if you read this article, you might find a quote from one of our hosts here. Spoiler alert, not me. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to ask, well, okay, no, I'll ask you other than the item listed there. All right. Is there another item that, that you 
is a sort of must have or that it's like, yeah, it's definitely worth my time to take this. Like nothing that is in the unusual category. Okay. So this and this article, you know, focuses on like not common. So I would say like okay. my Leatherman very much appreciate totally. having that on tour yeah, yeah. but i think as far as unusual item goes uh the one that is featured in this article is you know close enough in that category right on um in the way that not everybody carries one when they go out bike touring um and another item ugh, if i had infinite time and also patience and desire uh like filmmaking or camera equipment is kind of close up there on the list that was okay. that was my joke about Un, uh, appreciating that sentence because I'm thinking of the camera jib that I carried oh, right. all the way through Oregon to mail back in <laughs> Crescent City, California because I was like, you know what? I'm really not going to mail or I'm really not going to use this. I haven't taken it out of the bag since I left Portland. Oh, man. And it weighs eight pounds. So yeah. maybe I should think about that. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's something else like books are always the other, but I wouldn't count books as unusual necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'd put it in the unusual category. Honestly, when she reached out about the article, it it made me wish that I carried like more wacky shit, like <laughs> like a rock named Fred that like I uh, always keep in my right. pannier to keep me company or something like that. <laughs> I would say, as far as in the unusual category of stuff that I that I bring with me, I wouldn't say it's worth the wait. But there's always like old letters. Like I got a Christmas card from one of my cousins from like three years ago that's still in my handlebar bag. Oh, nice. And I dig that. It's somewhat out of sentimental value. It's also because I happened to grab the mail on my way out one time, and so then I just shoved it mm-hmm. in the lining of my handlebar bag, and there it stayed. But now it's a <laughs> But tu- now it's there, yeah. It's a touchstone. It keeps yeah. you grounded. Yeah, totally. Dig it. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't think this is in the unusual category, but I've taken to carrying a, a cast iron skillet. That I think counts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, be, not because of its function, but because of its quality. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know too many people that tour with a cast iron skillet. Yeah. In fact, um, I actually know one person who <laughs> tours with right a cast iron. Right on. So I'd say that qualifies. Honestly, I, if you got like a good, I don't know, what, like 12-inch, mm-hmm. right? 10 or 12-inch cast iron skillet. Uh, to me, it's worth it. You just buy some produce at the uh, at the grocery store, mm-hmm. like zucchini, onions, whatever, like fry that over an open fire. Totally worth the time. I'm not a big fan of camp meals. Mm. You know, yeah. some, some uh, exceptions apply, but... Fernway, thanks for the watermelon dehydrated by the oh way actually it was super I loved good it so much um yeah it's uh yeah i i think i think the skillet definitely definitely counts yeah i do have to give credit to uh and i forget his name but um upcycles kai is the owner co-owner of well oh, co-owner now owner um used to do the bike overnights during Petalpalooza out to Banks Fernonia. Oh, yeah. And that was actually kind of the first bike overnight that I got involved with living in Portland. And there was this gent who showed up with a um, kid trailer, but it carried a cooler full of beer with ice and everything. And he slogged that all the way up (laughs) to Banks Fernonia. And as far as unusual items go, maybe not unusual, but just like had to give him kudos because every time we stopped, he was like, hey, Anybody want a beer? Yeah. <laughs> like, here you go. Fresh, right <laughs> off the ice. That's so pretty awesome. He was, he was styling. 
and uh, appreciated his d- dedication to that endeavor. I don't know if I would be able to hack that on a multi-day, but yeah, just, just going out. <laughs> it was two days, the banks you know, so it yeah, counted. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I was amazed and also pleased. Well, guess what we got today? What have we got? We got mail. First off, hey, thank you, everybody, because Brock sent us both a uh, email saying, I didn't realize we have a 5.0 rating on Apple Podcasts. What? Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And there it is. Boom, 5.0. I forgot that we were on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I tell everybody iTunes, but I guess that's not really the, the thing. It did yeah. switch recently. To be fair. Yes. Okay. So so, so my iPhone tells me. <laughs> I will read our, our latest two. Yeah, that's and awesome. If we forgot you people, sorry, but also thank you for rating us five stars. Uh, this one comes to Water and Rocks. I started listening to this podcast on a whim and was hooked by the end of the first episode. You wouldn't think a Portland-centric podcast would be of much interest to a Wisconsinite. Hey, Thank you for listening from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I want to get out that way soon. Well, maybe not soon. Soon, like, you know, next time it's warm. But this podcast has introduced me to a new worldview and provided me with inspiration to improve my own community, all while being an endless source of entertainment. Well, I can say one of those things is on purpose, the entertainment part. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, thank you. Wow. That's awesome. And one from March. This comes to us from Lawn Guys. I kind of hope that they're a like, podcast of their own. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love to listen to like, you know, like lawn maintenance podcast. Anyways, <laughs> I, I mean that with like, with no irony whatsoever. Uh, anyways, great podcast with great energy. They showed me how great and easy it is to live simply and enjoy beer and the world around us. It is easy to enjoy a beer, or so I've heard. Eh. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got. You have to come up with the Lawn Guys podcast now. If it doesn't exist, if it doesn't exist, we have to create it. <laughs> the thing is, is I, I'm not sure I know enough about. Lawn maintenance. Well, I know a few things about lawn maintenance, but I I don't know if I would know enough about it. Yeah, like maybe an episode. So here's how you remove crabgrass. <laughs> I don't know if that works well for radio or podcast. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's more of a video not. thing. <laughs> um, okay. Lastly, we got no. We got two more pieces of mail. I'll give you a piece of junk mail here. Because I think junk mail is hilarious. But you know it's super important. Here it is. Because it's spam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A welcome gift from Villa Mel- Melrose Antiques. Yay. Ooh. I didn't know the Sprocket Podcast was in the antique uh, market, but apparently we, we, are. Are, we are enough that they felt the need to send us a... $20 off our purchase. Booyah. Yay. Well, when I get my antique, what would be an antique that you would you would actually, like, search out? Search out? Or, or like, 
Mm-hmm. Like like have in your home. Uh, that's a books. I would. I do collect books that are old and have like antiques in a sense. I don't know. We've got a signed Douglas Adams, and that makes me happy as a peach. But mainly because I love Douglas Adams. Yeah. So I think that's the closest example is a book that's kind of old. Okay, an old book. I consider yeah. an oh, antique. Oh, I love antique books. Yeah. Uh, not. I'm not really antique in the sense that I'm like, oh, is it antique? But more like, do I like this? Right. If it happens to be, as a byproduct of itself, an antique, then that's you know, it's an additional layer, I guess. Uh. Yeah, I got an antique record player because it was cheap on Craigslist. Like a Victrola, like that you wind up, or uh, just... not a wind up. It was oh, like okay. a nineteen sixties, um, like one of those sort of like all in one units. And some folks had moved into a place that was smaller than their previous place, and it was one of those like, oh yeah, they were sad they couldn't keep it. Oh, but I know like, what you're talking about. We yeah. used to have one when I was growing up. Yeah, like the, yeah. the units, right? It was a big, yeah. I, I know um, what you're talking about now. Yeah. Like, and I found out, you know, mainly I was like, oh, I'll like totally tune this up. And then like a day and a half worth of YouTube videos later, I was like, oh, this might be a little bit more work than I anticipated. <laughs> so right now Turns I'm, out it's impossible I'm appreciating fix. it for its antiqueness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great place to put books. It's got a nice finish on it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I don't you know, know. Craig, your, your, your good old Craigslist scores. Right. They still exist every now and then. I don't know of a, of a single item in my house where I, I would be like, you know, if... If I found this thing in a, an antique version, mm-hmm. that I would want this in my house. Yeah. Mm. Like Bicycle doesn't count. Bicycle, yeah, <laughs> bicycles are timeless. Yeah. Uh. What? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I. It. I will me, say the vast majority of the time, like antique is equivalent to expensive, and I tend to not. That. You know, I don't go that direction. I. So typically. in my mind, antique is equivalent to fragile oh, and that is that is something really? i cannot abide in my home i, I go the other <laughs> way on that actually oh yeah yeah so we like if you if you look at planned obsolescence and oh yeah you know, certainly up until maybe there's like that. The, the early 70s we've got a tea kettle that i swear is like 40 years old oh yeah i mean some of the like Le crusade stuff from like the 70s mm-hmm. certainly or like some some of the saucepans uh-huh. like back from the good old days when they just like, the, they, like they don't break they the heavy like, copper bottom yeah and stuff. they're like yeah. It, it holds together i found well, one that. at a yard sale for five bucks and i was like you could get 50 on ebay for this but i'm happy <laughs> to give you five dollars <laughs> right on uh, going back to the antique record player, uh-huh. one of my favorite memories of my grandparents' home was the Victrola that they had. That only once a year, they would wind up and play Don't Give Me a Goose for Christmas, Grandma. Huh? <laughs> it was once a year, and that's the only thing they would ever play on wow. that thing. Yeah, so it was, never, was it during the summertime? Yeah. No, it was not. <laughs> it was it was at Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, and it took like a thick, thick needle. Mm-hmm. Like one of those huge needles, and I think that's probably why like they only ran it once a year. Yeah, and only that one record. Wear down, dig it. Yeah, they're cool. Last piece of mail. This came into my personal inbox, but I want to share it with all of you. I kind of already talked about it, but um, this came to me from Clever Cycles. Receipt for your order. We have this bike on schedule <laughs> for delivery next Friday on the sixteenth. Woot woot. Which is tomorrow. That is tomorrow, folks. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, speaking of tomorrow, 
and our zoo reference that I'm finally working my way back to <laughs> yes. from the beginning of the show. Just uh-huh. uh, Taj Mahal is playing at the zoo. Oh, tomorrow. no way. Oh, yeah. so that's why you're finding your way there. Yeah. Awesome. After the zoo is closed to listen yeah. to some fantastic well, blues you could get from there. a wonderful you human You could being. get there early. It's true. You know, catch it, some of the... Yeah, we'll see. I like heard that Taj Mahal was in town at lunch today uh-huh. and was very thankful that there I was able tickets? to get some tickets oh, wow. that were okay. not sold out. So um, I don't go to a ton of shows, but I do try to see Taj every single time he's in Portland because he's awesome. He's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, him and Keb Moe did an album together mm. that I loved when I was like uh, just out of college. Yeah. And it's all good. That is it, folks. Yeah. We've we've gotten through yet another podcast, another episode of the Sprocket. We and we it. survived. <laughs> yeah. You ready for this? I am. Thanks for listening, everyone. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. I wasn't ready. <laughs> uh, website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 2503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at sprocketpodcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Kurt Bird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellengard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Gephardt, who's, who's a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, have a good trip, Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting right next to me. What? Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regrainery. Campsite. Macnurse David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, EJ Finner, oh, I'm sorry, EJ. EJ Finnerin, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Optenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, Marshall, Paula at Funitake Cyclecraft, Philip M. Spartandale, No Relation, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative Keweenaw, I Know Where Your County Is Now, and <laughs> Sarah G. Adam D., Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond, and Greg Murphy, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed.